Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. all over the house one more time. Come on, can we stand to our feet today and just give God a great praise that He's worthy of? Come on, if you believe He's a great God, give Him a great praise all over this house. Come on, He is great and greatly to be praised. Come on, somebody just lift up their voice all over this place right now. Come on, nobody can praise Him for you right now. Just with your own heart, with your own mouth, with your own hands. Go on and give God a great praise. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We've come in this house to bless your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Colossians chapter 1, verse 22. We've read this verse, these two verses Um, both weeks before, um, but I'm going to stay here and just quickly read it. It says, because I love that it sums up the gospel. In fact, in the 23rd verse, it says that's what this is. He says, but now he's reconciled, he being Jesus. Jesus has reconciled you uh, by Christ's physical body through death to present you in his holy sight without blemish and free from accusation. How many know sometimes it's hard to look yourself in the mirror? It can be hard to look yourself in the mirror sometimes. You say, I didn't know that my eyes had those bags under there. You say, I didn't, I never noticed that wrinkle before. I didn't know my hair was going that gray or that thin or whatever it is. Sometimes when we make mistakes, it's hard to look ourselves in the mirror. Because we know our faults. How many know your spouse knows your faults? Your kids sometimes know your faults. Your family knows your faults. But when God sees you, He sees the cross. He sees the blood. He sees Calvary. He sees a spotless lamb. He sees you white as snow. That's the gospel. Not because you did anything to deserve it, but it said because Christ died. That's why. And that's the gospel, and because of that, we can come into the presence of God. Verse 23, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do from the hope of the gospel, the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that is proclaimed to every creature uh, under heaven. Let me go to John 19 quickly, verse 28, 29. We'll see our first um, statement of Jesus uh, right here. And... It says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, he knew that he had taken on the sin of the world. He was the Lamb of God. The the sin of the world had been transferred to the Lamb, just like the Day of Atonement. And now it's been finished. So the scripture would be fulfilled. Jesus says, I am thirsty. Everybody say, I am thirsty. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there. They filled, notice, a sponge 
with this sour wine. Notice they put it on a hyssop branch. Everybody say hyssop. And they put it on his mouth. I want to just tell you today, the cross spoke, this is part three, that you're in his hands. Somebody turn to somebody say, you're in his hands. God bless you for being in the house today. I feel a good energy. Can't wait uh, to share this word that God has shared with me today. And um, thank you to the worship team. There's energy and anointing today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I want to take a look. If you don't know, uh, if you haven't been with us the last couple weeks, I'll just catch you up quickly. We've been looking at the seven statements of Jesus on the cross. And they all have such weight, such richness to them. And we've, we've come through. I'm at the fifth one now. Next week, I'm only going to do one because he said it is finished. I could preach easily a full sermon on that. And we'll take communion together and do the Lord's Supper. But today, I want to start with this statement where Jesus just simply said, I'm thirsty. I thirst. Now, you have to know that normally it would take uh, someone three days to die on the cross, but Jesus died in just six hours. Theologians will tell us that it was the very weight of sin. It was the emotional pain and stress. It was the conviction, the condemnation, the guilt, the shame of all of mankind's sin. From the beginning of time, Adam and Eve, to the very moment that he returns, he put on all of that sin. And that guilt, that shame of every lie, every murder, every act of violence, every wrong thing that had ever been done, he took that on and it was such a toll emotionally on his body that then it began to take a physical toll as well. And we know this to be true from science. Uh, it can be demonstrated quite easily. How many have seen those pictures of the president on day one <laughs> and the last day when he leaves the White House, right? I remember uh, George W. Bush. He was, he was this Texan guy. He had you know, dark hair and, and this. And when he left, he was an old man with sunken lines on his face and white hair. I remember Barack Obama, one of the youngest presidents we ever had. He was young. He was youthful. Uh, you know, just kind of that dashing guy. It was part of his charisma. And, and then when he left office, he was an old man. He had white hair. He had sunken lines in his face. And, and we see, we know that to be true now, that stress can cause problems with your heart. Stress can cause problems with your joints and other things. And it was that emotional thing that took such a physical toll on the body of Christ that he only lasted six hours on the cross. But that verse that we read said that his job was finished because the sin was transferred to the lamb. In the same way that the priest would hold the lamb on the day of atonement, lay his hand on the lamb and transfer the sin of Israel to that lamb in that moment. It was the same thing that happened to Jesus and it was finished and Jesus knew he was ready to give up his spirit. And so before he did that, in that fifth statement, he simply said, I thirst. Now they might have thought, Jesus, we tried to offer you a drink earlier and they did. In fact, if you'll read at the very beginning of the cross, it's in Mark chapter 15, verse 23, that Jesus was offered a drink. And here's what he was offered. It was a, a drink of wine that was mixed with myrrh, but he rejected it. The reason he rejected it is because myrrh in that time was, in our time, was used as medicine. 
It was a painkiller. Now we know scientifically that it's an anti-inflammatory, but they knew in that time enough to know that it would dull pain. In fact, today people use it as an antiseptic. They'll clean or to wash a wound. Um, But in that day, it was primarily used to be a painkiller. And so why did Jesus reject the drink the first time, but he accepted it the second time? The first time it was mixed with myrrh, to dull the pain, and the second time, it wasn't. And so I want to say this first today, and this is my first point. Jesus paid full price at Calvary. He said, I'm not going to go through this medicated. I'm going to pay the full price of salvation. I'm not going to pay half price for salvation. I'm not going to go through this with the pain dulled, but I'm going to feel the entire wrath of sin. I'm not going to take 25% of the pain off. I'm going to accept it all. Oftentimes, we try to negotiate, do we not? Go to the car lot. I'll give you 10 grand less than the sticker says. The guy says, get out of here. Okay, how about nine? Get out of here. How about five? Get out of here. You know, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes if you, we try to haggle or talk the price down, but you know, I, th- I thought about sometimes you do want to pay full price. Sometimes you do want to pay full price. I thought about this way. I, I've been wearing contacts since I was about 12 or 13. I see those billboards sometimes about like, you know, 50% off LASIK eye surgery. And I think, you know what? I just want to pay full price. If somebody's doing a laser on my eye, I don't want the discount guy. You know, let me just pay full price for that. Uh, it, was, it was last week, uh, actually, we went out to eat after, after church, after the second service with some, some folks from the church. And for the first time in my life, I had medium rare chicken breast sandwich. Now if, <laughs> now, if you don't know, that's not a new item, that's not a delicacy, that's not like a new trendy type of food. You should not eat medium rare chicken. It might have even been rare, I don't know, I didn't have a meat thermometer. But I, 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 was, I was talking, we were having a good time, we were eating, and, and then someone two seats down from me, I heard her call the waiter and say, hey, my chicken is not all the way done. And I looked over at hers and I was like, oh, gross. And I looked down at mine and it was the exact same. <laughs> and I thought, I've already ate half of this sandwich. I'm in real trouble. <laughs> you know, it was like a sloppy buffalo hot sauce. I didn't even notice. I'm, I don't know. Something's wrong with my taste buds. I don't know. Something's not right. And so, so here's the thing. The waiter came out, and we've been there many times, and they're great, good, good restaurant, good people. And, and he said, oh, we're so sorry. Let me replace it. Let me give you something else. And, and they did. And then he came out, and he said, let me comp this. Let me compensate. You know, I, I don't want you to have to pay. I said, no, it's no big deal. This sandwich is fine. I, I said, no, let me pay the price, the full price. It's okay. And in the same way, Jesus could have had myrrh on the cross, He could have had a painkiller. He could have had an anti-inflammatory that would have relieved the pain. But if it had relieved the pain, he would not have paid full price for your sin. It would have been a discount. It would have been 25% off. And Jesus didn't want you to pay for sin. He wanted to pay for it all. 
You know, we know that the wages of sin is death, but sin on the way to death, it brings suffering, it brings pain, it brings consequence. And so Jesus said, I'm not just going to die, because that's only a part of it. Another part of it is the suffering. Another part of it is the pain. And James chapter 1 says, when sin is full grown, it brings death. But Jesus knew there's suffering and there's pain along the way. And so not only did he want to die, but he wanted to suffer and feel the full wrath and all the pain so that he could pay the price of sin. And Jesus said, I'm going to reject the myrrh so that I can feel the full weight, all of the wrath, all of the pain, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, in order to pay the full price for sin. Oh, how many can rejoice in that today and just say, thank you, Jesus, because Jesus, not only did he die for you, but he suffered, he bled, he was in pain. I just feel like saying it this way, he didn't split the check with you. He didn't make you pay for part of it, but Jesus, how many know Jesus paid it all? He paid the whole price. Jesus paid it all. He paid it all. And so now Jesus' life is ending. He's about to release his spirit. But before he does, he says, I am thirsty. Now this is where we see the humanity of Jesus. Never forget that Jesus was 100% God. But he was also 100% man. Somebody said that he was 200%. He's fully God, but he was also fully man. But in this moment, we see his humanity on display. In fact, 1 Timothy 2 and 5, it tells us there's one God, one mediator between God and man. Notice it now, the man. The man, Christ Jesus. Oftentimes we just we we think, well, it was just God. He had some super ability to die on the cross. No, he was a man, a hundred percent man, a hundred percent God. And understand today, because God came, became man, and this is my second point. Jesus came to us, he became like us, so that he could save us. That's my second point: is that he came to us, he became like us. To save us. Carlins, let me see that second point. He became like us to save us. We see Jesus as a, as a man here. And notice that he feels what we feel. He thirsts like we thirst. He hungers like we hunger. He craves what we crave. He might have had donut cravings on Sunday morning maybe. He had, he had hunger, he had thirst, he had cravings, but even more, he hurt like we hurt. He went through what we went through. He already went through what you're going through right now. It, it, he was a man, he, he was fully man. It said in Philippians 2 and 6, who being in the form of God. So he was, he was in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. And being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Now, just quick theology here. God cannot die. John 4 and 24 tells us God is a spirit. 
They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. A spirit cannot die. When your body dies, your spirit does not. So God is a spirit, but the spirit of God was in us, in Christ, born of a virgin. And the plan of heaven was always for Jesus to become man so that he could live a perfect life and die in our place. So back to that point, Jesus came to us, became like us in order to save us. Jesus, but here's why it's important. Jesus became a man and he felt every single emotion that you feel. He felt every temptation that you feel. You feel tired today on the way to church? Jesus felt tired on the way to the temple. You had a bad week? Jesus had a bad week. You struggle with something, Jesus struggled with the same thing. You've had a temptation before, Jesus had the temptation. Let me see that second point again, Carlins. I'm done with that verse. The creator of water now needed water. The one who walked on water, now he needed water. The one who in his deity said, I am the living water... Now in, his human, now in his humanity, now in his flesh, he needs water. Now why did he humble himself in that way? Because he had to become like us. He had to come to us in order to reach us, in order for us to reach him, in order for us to be able to touch him, in able for him to be able to pick us up. He had to come like us, come to us in order to save us. And so when we pray and we say, Lord, I'm hurting, he says, I hurt too. When we say, Lord, I'm struggling, he said, I struggled too. When we say, Lord, I'm stressed, I'm crying, I'm, I, I, he said, I was there too. And when you say, Lord, I'm confused, I'm mixed up, I, 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 I was there too. Lord, fill in the blank. He can say, I was there too. Because this verse in Hebrews 4 and 15 tells us that it was all points. I mean, no, all means all. It says, for we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted and yet without sin. He sympathizes, meaning that when you pray and you say, Lord, I am hurting. He doesn't shrug his shoulders and say, oh, well. Get over it. Get through it. No. He sympathizes with our weakness. Why? Because he was tempted in every way that we are. He walked through everything you walked through. But it said even though he was tempted in all points that he was without sin. So when he was, when he was mocked and when he was hurting, he, he didn't give in to hatred. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. When he was spit on, he, he didn't give in to offense and become bitter and become angry. No, he said, forgive them. When he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, he was tempted by Satan himself three times, but yet he never gave in to it. And so whenever and whatever and whoever the temptation was from, it said in all points, he was yet without sin. And so here's the awesome thing today. He's man enough to know what you're going through. Oh, but he's God enough to help you get through it. He's man enough to say, I've been where you've been, but I'm God enough to get you through where you are today. And here's verse 16. Since we know this, 
Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace. Because it's at the cross, it's at the throne that I obtain mercy and I find grace. And I find, look at it now, to help in time of need. Because he's been where you are. But he can get you through what you're going through. Because he's God enough to get you through it. So when you come to the Lord and you're born again, you are saved. You're born of the Spirit. You are saved. How many know sometimes your body doesn't know that you're saved? When you're driving and somebody cuts you off, it's easy to forget that your mouth is saved and sanctified. When you're late for church, you're late for work, and you're contending with traffic, The hand that hits the horn sometimes forgets. I was raising my hands in church just a little bit ago. So what do you do when your tongue forgets that it's saved and sanctified? What do you do when your body forgets that you're saved and sanctified? What do you do when your eyes, your flesh, your hands forget that you're saved and sanctified? What do you do? You can say, Lord, I'm being tempted. And Jesus says, I was too, but I didn't sin. And now my spirit is in you. And I've given you power to overcome. You could walk on snakes and not be hurt. You could walk through every trial, every fire, every temptation. Because my spirit is in you. I went through everything you went through. And I didn't sin. And now my spirit is in you to overcome. But when we do fall, there's grace, there's mercy, there's help. I love, I found this passage this week. Psalm 103 verse 14. He knows our frame. Because he had the same frame. He remembers we're dust. He picked up the dust of the earth and breathed life into Adam. Remember the perfecting, that ING from week one? I have this flesh. I have this earth suit. Jesus had the same thing. Jesus says, I know your frame. I had it too. That means when you're tempted, when, you're in a, when, you're, when you fall in a trap, when you fall into temptation, when you're struggling, you can pray, Lord, don't lead me into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. You could say, that's a power. You don't have to fall into the trap. When you see the trap in your path, Lord, deliver me from this path. Deliver me from the evil one. Don't lead me into temptation. So you don't have to fall into it. If you fall into it, he can pick you up out of it. But I want to tell you, while you're driving into it, you can say, Lord, in Jesus' name, give me the strength to turn this car around, to to get out of here, to walk away from here, to move on by from this thing. Because Jesus felt those temptations, but he overcame. And by his spirit, he's given us the same power. And so he knows. He knows your frame. He remembers that you're dust. How does he know that? Because he was in the same frame that you have. And so Jesus was a man on the cross. But he was now a gracious and empathetic and sympathetic Savior. 
because he knows where you're at. And he came just to save you out of the sin and the trap and the things that you're caught up in. Oh, i got to tell somebody today, that's the good news of Jesus. Somebody ought to just say amen right there. So when Jesus said he was thirsty, go back to that second point, Carlins, I'm done with that verse. When Jesus said he was thirsty, they, they put a sponge on a hyssop branch and they lifted it up to his mouth. It was in that hyssop plant that something happened. And I'd never seen this before until this week. I was telling somebody that the gospel is so rich. I don't know if you remember in Exodus chapter 12, God told the Israelites on that night of Passover, on that night that they were to leave Egypt forever, God said that the door must be covered in the blood of a spotless lamb so that that spirit, that, that death angel would pass over. And God said that the, the, the blood of a spotless lamb must be applied with a hyssop branch. Huh. A hyssop branch. And now it can, it's a hyssop branch that's touching the blood of the lamb. The blood of a spotless lamb that's touching the door. Because Jesus said in John 10, I am the door. And if anyone enters through me, they will be saved. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And he already told them, I am the door. And so it was the hyssop branch touching the door, touching the blood of the lamb. Oh, I got that in me this week. It was because of the exodus. It was because in the exodus that night, when the hyssop branch touched the blood of the lamb and touched the door, now death had to pass over. And because of Calvary and because of the cross, now death passes over. Friend, the cross speaks a better word today that death has to pass over. I just want to tell somebody today, Jesus died, but he didn't stay there. Jesus went into the grave, but he didn't stay there because death had to pass over. And I want to tell somebody today, death has no hold on you. Hell has no hold on you. Sin has no hold on you. The cross says there's eternal life because of Jesus' cross. So somebody might say, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I, 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 I'm saved, but I'm probably always going to have this this." chain, this trap, this addiction, this thing in my life. But I want to tell you, the cross says, no, you can be released from Egypt. You can be set free from the bondage of Egypt, never to go back again because the blood of the lamb has been applied to your heart, to your life. Music come. I'm going to wind down here, but I just want some music behind me, maybe a little early today. You know, Luke chapter 23, I'm going to close in a minute. I, you know, have you ever been on a plane where the plane just kind of circles over the airport for a little bit? So don't walk out on me yet. The buffet isn't even open yet, guys. This is an early service. Um, Luke 23, yeah, they're still on breakfast. 
Luke 23, it says that at that point that a darkness went over the whole earth. Everybody say the sun was, everybody say dark. The sun was darkened. Now, this was even historically, uh, extra biblically, uh, there is, this is told that at this time at noon that there was a darkness that covered the whole earth. This wasn't like a cloud that just covered Orlando. This was the sun itself was darkened. And the veil of the temple was torn in two, we know, from the top to the bottom. Verse 46, when Jesus cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last breath. Now, I looked into this word commit this week, and I found the the probably the truest translation is in the New Living. And I want to read that today. It says, Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last breath. So my third and final point today is that Jesus' hands are trusted hands. They're trusted hands. Even in a dark place, even in a painful place, we can trust God. And I don't know what cross you're carrying today, but you can trust God. Jesus said, take up your cross. We've all got one. How many know, say at least one? One at a time, please, Lord. Maybe it's a cross of sickness, a cross of disease, a cross of loneliness that you're carrying cross of, of lack, a cross of, of, of loss, maybe it's a cross of struggle or confusion or just stuck or frustration or discouragement in the season we're in, but I want to tell you today that you can trust, said I entrust my spirit to your hands, Father I trust my life in your hands, I trust my soul in your hands, I trust my salvation in your hands. And the moment of death, Jesus is saying, I, I am entrusting my spirit. When Jesus said this, I, I found this out this week too, I never knew this. When Jesus said this, you have to know this was a common, it was a classic Hebrew prayer. It was something that people would recite. It was a, a very common thing that people would say. It was, it was almost like a daily prayer, maybe like a, a child would pray, now I lay me down to sleep and I give the Lord my, my soul to keep, all that kind of prayer. It, it might be something like we would pray the, the, the Lord's prayer, you know, uh, give us this day our daily bread, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Or it, maybe it was something that they quoted like Psalm 23, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters, makes me to lay down in green pastures and, and uh, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. It's something they could quote. And he says, Father, I trust my life into your hands. It was a common daily prayer. And I thought about how we'll come to church Sunday after Sunday. And we'll say, Lord, forgive me. And we'll come down to this altar. And it's right. We should come down to this altar. And we should get things under the blood. We should leave things at the altar. But I, 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 as I was re- reading this this week, it came to me that oftentimes we'll come to the altar and we'll say, Lord, I messed up again. I mixed up again. I, I, I need forgiveness. I, I messed up again. I, 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 
I blew this week. It just it was a bad week. I messed this whole week up. Lord, forgive me. But what if instead of praying that prayer, we would say, Lord, I give you my week. I give you my day. I give you my life. Because in my hands, I drop it. In my hands, I fumble it. In my hands, I mess it up. And so I'm just going to take it out of my hands, and I'm just going to put it in your hands. And I just believe we'd get mixed up a lot less. I believe we'd get lost a lot less. I believe we'd trip up a lot less because I've released my life from my hands. And, Lord, I'm putting it into trusted hands. And so I don't know who holds tomorrow, but I, know, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. And so I can trust him with my tomorrow. I can trust him with my life. And there are seasons when you're high on faith and everything's going great and you're excited and you're believing and everything's great. And then how many know there's days and months and weeks and years where you're low on faith and you're struggling and you're hurting and things don't seem to be going your way. And I'll talk to people every single week because a church of our size, there's always a family or two or three or five or ten or twenty in 2020 that are struggling with stuff. And I'll call them, I'll reach out to them, I'll pray with them, I'll love them as I should. And they'll say, I haven't seen you in church for a while. Are you okay? I didn't see you the last week. I didn't see you the last two weeks or three weeks or whatever it is. And they'll say, no, I'm struggling right now. And that is where the enemy will get into somebody because I'll tell you that there's such a power of gather because it's in God's house and it's in that, church, that community of the church where we're able to see somebody else because there's such a power in knowing that Jesus was tempted in all ways like we are. Jesus went through the things that we went through. Jesus wept. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Jesus was on a cross. Jesus had pain. Jesus had all those things. Jesus carried a cross. But guess what? Jesus asked every disciple to carry a cross. And so when you're carrying a cross and you look over and you see somebody else that's got a cross on their shoulder, but they've got a lifted hand with the other hand, and you say, you know what? There's a strength there. If they can worship God, I can worship God. If they can worship God in the valley or the mountaintop, I'm going to worship God right where I am. That's what's so powerful about God's people, God's church, the community that we have. Is there a testimony to one another that on the mountaintop I worship God, but in the valley I worship Him too? Because I trust Him with my life. I trust Him with my soul. I trust Him with every day. And so Jesus made this statement, Into your hands I commit my spirit. The better translation there is I trust. But the Greek word there is deposit. And so you could substitute it this way. And I, I looked at all the English translations. None of them translated it this way. But it, the better one would have been Father, into your hands I deposit my spirit. I deposit my spirit. And I loved that because I immediately thought of a safety deposit box. If you have something priceless, if you have something one of a kind, if you have maybe a family heirloom or you have maybe some gold coins or something, you could share one with me, but I'll go to the safety deposit box with you. But you get a safety deposit box because at the bank, they've got high-def cameras. They've got high-def cameras in the parking lot, the exterior of the building, 
The moment you step in the building, every square inch of that place, I guarantee you, has a high-def camera. They've got a state-of-the-art alarm system. they got lasers and, and, and alarms and fire alarms. they got all kind of stuff in there. And furthermore, they've got a vault. They've got a thing with a wheel on it that somebody, only one person or two people, they know the code and they got to undo the wheel and somebody's got to go in and you got a key and they got a key and they go in and they open the safety deposit box. And I don't know about your house, but my house don't have that kind of security. And you know, the reason you deposit it there is because you know that your family heirloom, that priceless thing, those gold coins, whatever it is that you have to deposit at the bank, you know that it's better off there. And you commit it to them. You trust them with it. You deposit it with them because you know it's better in their hands than it is at your house. And that's what it was saying is, Father, I give you my life. I give you my spirit. I give you my week because I trust my life more in your hands than I do in my hands. And so we ought to just pray it today and say, Father, here's my pain. Father, here's my weakness. Father, here's my prayer. Here's my family. Here's my kids. Here's my life. Here's my soul. Here's my spirit. Here's my future. Here's everything that I have. I trust it to you. I commit it to you. I deposit it. I give it over to you. Peter said, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. How many remember that song we sang as children? He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. But he doesn't just have the whole world. I I love that idea that the whole world fits in the palm of his hand. But here's what I want to tell you today. You're also in his hand. Yeah, the whole world is in his hand. But so are you. He doesn't just have the whole world in his hand. He has you in his hand. I saw it in Isaiah 49 and 16. I have written your name. Your name. On the palm of my hands. Your name. And so every time the Lord looks at his hands, he sees your name on his hands. Sure, the whole world's in his hand, but so am I. Remember Thomas said, no, no, I I saw him on the cross. No, 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 I I was in the garden when he got arrested. There's no way he got away. No, 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 I I saw him on trial with with Herod and Pilate. uh, No, I know. I saw him on try. I saw him at the whipping post. I saw the crown of thorns. I saw him carrying the cross up Calvary's mountain. I saw the spikes go in his feet and his nails go in his hands. And I saw the guard drive that spear in his side. And and I can't trust that. I won't trust until I see those nail scarred hands. I won't believe until I see. That spear, I know, I'm not going to believe until I see the nail-scarred hands. And Jesus walks through a wall and says, Thomas, let me show you my hands. The whole world's in my hand. And so is your name. I want to put my trust in the hand of the one that has nail-scarred hands. That has my name on his hand. That has the whole world in his hand. 
my life is so much better if I'll deposit, I'll commit it, I'll trust it into his hand. Say it with me today. Here's what I want us to do today. I know that these messages have been deep and maybe longer and maybe more theological than normal, but it's a foundation. And us putting our life in the hands of Jesus is foundational to our salvation, to our future. And I wonder if today I'm going to just have us all bow our heads and close our eyes. And as we do that, nobody's looking around. I wonder if how many people would just raise their hand and just say, as a sign of surrender, Lord, I'm releasing the things in my life. I wonder how many would just lift up their hands as a sign of surrender and say, Lord, I'm releasing. I'm not holding on to it anymore, but I'm releasing what's in my hand, and I'm going to let you hold it. I'm going to let you hold on to it because I trust it in your hands. And as I pray, I'm just going to invite you to come as just a sign of surrender today. All around this, this front here, we can gather together and just begin to pray. I have a prayer team that'll stay a little distant from you or whatever the case is, but they'll believe with you and they'll pray with you. And I wonder how many saints would come to the front today, how many of the church, how many folks would just come to the front today and just, just lift up their hands. That's all I'm asking today is if you just come to the front and lift up your hands and just say, Lord, I've been carrying this too long. Lord, I've been clenching my fist with this for too long. Lord, I've been holding on to this fear for too long. I've been holding on to this offense for too long. God, I've been holding on to this, this problem, this stress, this thing for too long. But God, right now in this moment, I'm just going to release it and I'm going to let it go Her hands. And Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus right now that you'd give us the strength to trust you, to know that in your hands, Lord, it's better off in your hands. I pray it right now in Jesus' name. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.